Hello and welcome to episode three of The Divide, uh, the podcast for everything really. We don't really have a defined genre as yet. I'm Ben Dodson hosting this week and with me are my two very good friends, Mr. Christopher Ford in Devon. Hello. And Dr. John Wordsworth in Sweden. Hey, hey. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. I like the fact that you, uh, I, I have to automatically become Mr. just because we've got a doctor <laughs> on the show. Yeah, I, I, I felt bad about that. but not, not <laughs> He worked much. hard for that PhD, to be fair. Yeah. We'll use it wherever we can. Many years, damn it, many years. And no one here in Sweden seems to care. You don't, I don't <laughs> see doctor on many things at all. They're just like, eh, whatever. You know, the best bit is cool. that whenever I send something to John in Sweden and to his wife, I always have to put doctor and doctor Wordsworth because they're both doctors. But neither of them seems to use this, their doctorates. It's purely <laughs> just for show. Yeah. That's all it is for, just two letters, you know. It was worth the, it was worth the four years of work. Well, it's only one letter because you already had an R and missed it. Didn't you? <laughs> True, I can repurpose it if I'm being cheap, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so today's uh, topic is going to be all about media consumption. We're going to be talking about video, audio, and text. Uh, so things like whether we use streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, read digital magazines or physical ones, that kind of stuff. But before we get to that, we're going to do some follow-up from uh, last week's show about the uh, iPad. Um, so last time, I'd only had the iPad Pro for about 12 hours when we recorded. Uh, John hadn't got his yet. Um, and now we have the pencil as well. So, John, what do you think of the iPad Pro now that you've used it for a little bit? It's big. That is my, my very first. Uh, <laughs> it's bloody massive. It's, it's probably a better <laughs> way of putting it. But Three beyond that, with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, if I had to summarize it in a sentence, it's an iPad Air 2, but massive. Um, but it is really nice. I mean, um, I'm kind of waiting for the pencil to arrive. Mine still hasn't come before I feel like I'm going to get the proper use out of it because I want to try out the taking notes in meetings, scribbling some pictures on and doing all that stuff. And that is the main reason I bought it, I guess. So it's been, it's been kind of cool to play with. It's really nice reading A4 PDFs because it's big. But overall, big, big iPad there. Yeah, is it? Yeah, go on. That's pretty much my assessment. And today is the first time that I've really used it as I probably intended to. Um, my uh, wife was in uh, sh doing some shopping and she wanted me to drive her in and then just sort of wait around for two hours. Um, Did you drive the car using your iPad Pro <laughs> sitting at home? <laughs> no, I, I used Siri, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so I sat in Starbucks for ages with the iPad Pro. And I was like, this is great it's such a big size. And then I had like stuff swiped in on the right-hand side. So got Safari in big mode and then maybe Twitter on the side panel. And it's really good for it. But the pencil, I didn't use it at all, but I held it the whole time because it feels really nice. <clears throat> it feels like a normal pencil or a normal pen, not like a stylus. It's got like a good amount of weight to it. And I just sit there holding it and occasionally tapping the screen with it when I could have used my finger perfectly well. Uh, but it's it's really nice. And then I ended up putting it in my top pocket like a complete geek and walked <laughs> out. And then we're walking back and Becky's like, is that your Apple Pencil in your pocket? I was like, yes, yeah, a new, new style choice I'm going for. I think it, it looks quite good. But uh, apart from that, I've not really used it. It's, it's nice. It works really well. Um, there are certain apps that it works better in than others. So like Notes, the Pencil has no lag at all. It's really good and the palm detection is great. Whereas something like paper, it's a bit laggy. It's not 
that much better than anything else I've used. But the best app is um, Procreate, and it's amazing for that. It really does feel like you're drawing on paper. If it weren't for the, you know, obviously there's not as much friction, but the actual <clears throat> way that the ink appears on the page or the pencil does, it's amazing. Really, really clever stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes moving forward and if they add support for it to other devices. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's such early days, and just as we were talking about last week, I think quite a lot of the productive ways that people would use the iPad Pro are going to require software that hasn't yet been written or released. Yeah, and I think we'll come to this when we start talking about video because one of the mm. things that annoys me more than anything is apps that don't support the new picture-in-picture service. Mm. It's one of the nicest things, and you can do it with the other, uh, the iPad Air and Air 2, is that you can leave like an app like iPlayer and then you have the video is still playing in the bottom corner and you can just move it around and do other stuff at the same time, which is really, really nice, but Netflix doesn't support it. And it's like, oh. God, I missed the trick not getting that out for launch, really. Yeah, and I can't blame them because as a developer, uh, it's difficult keeping up with Apple when they're like, oh, hey, here's some new APIs, support all this stuff. And it is difficult sometimes, but mm. then as a consumer, it's a complete pain when stuff doesn't support it. Mm. And I guess maybe one of the problems Netflix has is they probably have uh, like a code base that, you know, let's try and share as much code between all the platforms as possible. And then Apple bring out a new API and it's, oh, no, we've done it in some weird way that isn't compatible now. Mm. So probably a bit of extra effort. And I guess there's no real incentive for them to rush. I just hope it comes yeah. Yeah, is, down the line. Isn't Netflix actually built in Rails? I I feel like it's built in like something that you just wouldn't expect like apps to be the, built in. The infrastructure probably is. I don't think the interface is. <clears throat> Obviously, and you know, for the apps it'll be well, presum presumably um Objective C, I guess they probably haven't migrated over to Swift. I wouldn't have thought so. Well they might have done. It's not difficult. But uh yeah, I don't know what it's built on, to be honest. But it's it looks janky on the iPad Pro. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. it's not scaled properly. You get the old keyboard. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, that is... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you try and play um, an iPhone game on the i on your original iPad, isn't it? And it just looks mm -hmm. so rank, especially when you bring up the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely got that feel to it. Because the new on the iPad Pro, the proper keyboard is like the keyboard you get like, with a Mac. Like, it's <clears throat> full size. <clears throat> You've got nice shift keys and stuff. It's really good. And the old one scaled up just looks terrible on it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm still, I'm still torn on the, the keyboard case, like, when it comes out, whether I want it or not. But, uh... Yeah, I, can't, I, I just can't see myself using the keyboard with the iPad. But then I've never used a keyboard with the iPad, apart from to test it for a few things. Mm. And I... I I'm not going to do any long-form typing on it. It's much more for reading. Yeah. But again, we're just sort of rehashing what we said last time, which is yeah, yeah, you'll okay. use the iPad or tablets for consuming. We don't really do much creation stuff on it. Yeah. So, um, my only experience with the iPad Pro is having gone into the Apple Store. I took my, my three-year-old iPad-obsessed child <laughs> into the Apple Store to check out the new iPad Pro. I also took my Before dad... Christmas. 
What, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I took my dad as well. Um, <laughs> who was always slightly suspicious of new technology, of new things, I think. And um, he used the um, he used the Apple Pencil for about 15 seconds before he said, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> which, <laughs> which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, but I, I kind of wish he'd submitted that review to Macworld or something. Um, and Alistair managed to break the Apple Pencil after about 30 seconds, which also concerned me, because actually you're paying £130 for that and a three-year-old shouldn't be able to have the end off in under a minute, I don't think. Well, uh, I think it's only £80. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. What was 130 Is that the keyboard case? Think so, yeah, yeah, the keyboard case. Okay. Keyboard's crazy expensive. But still, £80, oh, you'd expect a bit more durability, wouldn't you? But no, it's supposed to come off. <laughs> it, the, the ends are supposed to come off. Are you talking about the nib? I don't know. He just he snapped something off and like we had to leave the Apple store really quickly. <laughs> the end of it pulls off. Right. To reveal the lightning port, which is how you charge it. Okay. And at the front end, you can pull the nib out because then you can swap it with a new nib because over time, as you're just basically rubbing it against a glass screen for a long period of time, it will just sort of wear away. So you can just swap it out. So it's probably not broken it. Right, I'll have to take him back into the Apple shop and say, right, now break that. You see that thing you broke? Break it again, and then I'll come <laughs> back and report yeah. whether they actually broke it or whether they just removed the bits that were supposed to come out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, be, I'll report back on this. It's, it's um, pretty, pretty hefty. Like you wouldn't snap it easily. I, I, think, I think actually someone did some tests recently where they like put it in a vice and strained it and it, it, it don't snap. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Not that I'm calling you a liar, Chris. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, I, I, I mean, to be honest, when a bit, when a bit came off, I legged it. <laughs> you shat yourself. <laughs> I like, yeah. I um, I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to buy an Apple Pencil. I don't even have an iPad Pro. I'm off. <laughs> so we, we left and um, he was just screaming like the whole Apple store down and going, big iPad, big iPad. <laughs> he was just really upset because he wanted to play with a big iPad. Um, for him, it was brilliant, but um, a little bit excessive, I think, uh, just to buy it for a, for a three-year-old to play with. Yeah. Um, one thing I will know is note is that obviously the ones in the Apple Store all had the keyboard case, and I just walked straight past them because they <clears just throat> looked like MacBooks. <laughs> well, yeah, they're the same size at that. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous how it didn't look anything like an iPad. It looked like a MacBook. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Again, I just I don't see the point myself. I, I don't like using the text entry. It's just not very good at the moment <clears throat> i think yep. it'll improve if they make it more like the apple tv where you can just navigate around interface elements better but mm. eh, we'll see yeah, if yeah. you want to hear more about how uh, the ipad pro compares to a laptop listen to our last show yes yeah. yes we shouldn't rehash this um, well we, we basically to... get to that conclusion yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you haven't listened to that yet um we've kind of spoiler discovered... alert <laughs> yeah um, I also I just want to add uh, that Netflix is built on React JS, so uh, just just in case any uh, any angry Rails users um, start contacting the show and saying, "How dare you?" I don't know. I I, I don't know. Are Rails Rails users do they get angry much? I'm not sure. They, they spend too much time putting wax into their moustaches and yeah, <laughs> yeah, drinking. It's quite, it is quite hard though to get one of them off the rails. You know? Oh, oh, uh, yes. That magic note, and while we still have two listeners left, <laughs> we'll move to the main topic of the show, which is media consumption. So, 
we're now at the end of 2015. How do we use these devices for consuming everything from video, like TV, streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime, uh, audio with things like Spotify or CDs and magazines and comics, whether we still buy physical ones or read them digitally on the iPad. So I think we'll kick off with video, and I'm going to come to you first, Chris. How okay. much, I suppose, how much video do you watch in a week generally? And then how is that sort of divided up? Are you watching stuff on normal TV or are you using apps to do it or some sort of catch-up service? How are you doing it? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably consume like at least an hour of TV or, you know, of, of video a day. Um, it, it, I tend to find that it goes in waves though, to be completely honest, like, um, at the moment we are actually watching most of the stuff that we watch on DVD. Um, and we don't have a, a huge amount of, of of time for watching things because we're my wife and I are both fairly busy and we we get sort of that hour or so in the evening. So we're we're kind of working through some DVDs. Um but it varies. It depends if there's anything actually that I want to watch on streaming services. Um I find that Netflix is a little dry at the moment. Um I kind of I'm 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 up for watching Jessica Jones, um, which comes to mind just because I've still got the Netflix open because I was checking on their framework. Um, so I'll I'll probably get into that. In which case, I'll be I'll be suddenly onto Netflix. Um, where and I've just finished watching the season one of The Flash, which I actually watched on iTunes. So I guess that is technically a streaming media. Um, the, did you the, did you buy that or did you rent? Yeah, it? I bought it yeah. um, because I. Uh, since I got an Apple TV, I prefer to go via the iTunes route because boxes. Yeah. Like, there's no boxes and no discs, and um, I quite like having it digitally. Um, but um, my uh, the, something that is a perspective that you guys probably won't have is from the point of view of children's programs because um, Alistair watches a lot of things on YouTube um like nursery rhymes and um you know little videos about counting and, and alphabet and things like that and i think for someone of his age it's probably replaced what would have been done on video um and i guess dvd in later years and i know that when he's at nursery they have a laptop and they play nursery rhymes on a laptop and i'm almost certain that they get them all from youtube so i think actually um, certainly in my household, I think it's it, the streaming services are actually affecting the younger generation more than they're affecting me. I'm quite happy to go and watch a DVD if I've got something on DVD that I want to watch, you know. And um, we, we watch virtually no live television. No. Um, I think Sophie will watch Downton Abbey when it's on, <laughs> um, and I will make sure I'm in another room. And, uh, and she's watching Strictly at the moment. And when that's finished, that'll be it. There'll be no telly. No, we'll occasionally watch the news. So. Do you have uh, like a DVR or no? Like, do you have like a free view box for like pause and record that kind of stuff or Sky? No, or no we did. We had a we had a uh, we had a TiVo um, on Virgin Media, and but it's, we didn't record a huge amount on that. It was just it was mainly like to be honest, it was just filling up with things like trash TV, like. Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, stuff that you <laughs> need to watch. Um, yeah. And then when we moved, we moved out of a virgin area, and to be honest, I, I 
couldn't be bothered to pay like eight million pounds a month that Sky <laughs> charges for for a, a box. So we just got Freeview, and it's totally rubbish. But we haven't really missed out on the recording features because there's not really anything on live TV that we're interested in. Yeah, I guess you're talking about the you know you don't mind DVDs, but our kids are less likely to use them. I guess part of that's a yeah. legacy, legacy issue. I mean, like, yeah. the fact is, you and I have 100 DVDs or something, so we've already yeah. dedicated that part of our house to a shelf for DVDs. And sure, maybe putting new ones in there is, is not something we'll do very often because it's limited space. But, you know, we're not going to rebuy all that media. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Probably, like, if yeah. I went to rebuy all my DVDs now, it'd probably cost like a thousand pounds or something, probably more, you know, two thousand pounds or something on iTunes. And it's like, I'm not doing yeah. that. So, yeah. so maybe yeah, yeah. if we didn't own any of it, uh, we wouldn't be buying DVDs now. But, um, yeah. And actually, um, again, most of my DVD consumption is now in TV series as opposed to films. And I will usually, if it's a new thing, I will probably pick it up on iTunes. And if it's an old thing, I'll probably buy it secondhand anyway. Mm. You know, so I'll like if I want to watch an old series or something, I'll go. I'll either go down to a, a place like CEX and get it for like four quid, or I'll go on Amazon and get it for like two to three pounds. You know, for for secondhand. So even I think even DVD is is probably dying out slowly as a, um, you know, as a as a media format. I think yeah. probably for our generation as well. Especially as, like, I don't actually have any computers in the house that can play DVDs. Uh, I have, like, the Xbox can play DVDs, and I think that's the only device I have that takes mm. optical media of any sort. <laughs> like, I, I used to have a lot of DVDs, but when we moved house, we got rid of all of them because they were taking up so much space, and I re-downloaded everything because mm. I much prefer being able to go through the Apple TV. Mm. The only exception I make is for films I really, really like, I might get them on Blu-ray just because the quality will be better. So, like yeah. Lord of the Rings trilogy, Star Wars trilogy, they'll always be on Blu-ray because <laughs> it looks so much better. But putting a Blu-ray in, it, I, I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. I put in Jurassic World a few weeks ago, and you put it in, and it takes like two minutes to warm up and spin, and you get this stupid little logo, and then it's like Universal, bam. Here's some films you might enjoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? And then an FBI warning that you can't skip saying, don't copy this media. I'm like, I've paid for the freaking thing. Don't tell me not to pirate stuff. You're making me want to. And then on and on it goes. And then you get a menu. It's like, do you want it in English, French, German, Latvian, English? And then another 20 seconds of loading. And then you get a bit of video to watch that you can't skip. Here's a Blu-ray demo. No! Oh, I hate it. Eventually, I... I give up and i just buy them on itunes because it's easier <laughs> that's so frustrating because it is true that the blu-ray like that is the only reason i'll get blu-ray now it's for quality you know you sort of go it's to, it's whatever it is you know 25 to 50 gigs of video i'm like yeah i don't want videos that big and i understand that itunes hd can't be quite that that crisp but sometimes you just want the best quality video on your 42 52 inch tv you know you want to sit back and go Look at those gorgeous pixels. Mm. Yeah. I've got a friend. Uh, hi, Phil, if you're listening. Uh, and he has the biggest Blu-ray library I've ever seen. I, I don't know how many discs he's got. I'd probably <laughs> say 400, 500. But he rips all of them at full <laughs> resolution. So they're like 40 gig files for each film. <laughs> and then he has a 28 terabyte NAS drive that he loads them all into. So it must take 
hours to copy all of this stuff. Uh, and then he streams them all from there because he doesn't like using the discs. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure that you say, unless you watch those films so many times that getting up, putting the disc in, taking mm. it up would save that. I don't think you're saving any time. And you're not saving any money because you're still buying the discs. So yeah, and the storage sure space. The benefit. But it is pretty cool. Like, I went around to his house and he just loaded up a film and it was like, this is Blu-ray quality, but it's completely streaming. <laughs> but pretty cool. One, one day when I have a, a cinema in my home, I think I might do that. But that is the requirement. I need to have like a little room with a huge projector and a, a little eight-seat cinema in my house or something. Then I'll do that. If you're going to do that, though, you might as well have a, like a Blu-ray tray in the arm of your chair. Yeah, but you still have to go through the Blu-ray warnings and like, yeah, oh, hey, do you want to watch this Adam Sandler film? No. We just like Nobody the cinema. <laughs> wants to watch Adam Sandler films. <laughs> yeah. I'll put a little sign up saying film starting at 7.30 and it won't actually start <laughs> till late, you know, because of all yeah. the bullshit at the beginning. <laughs> right. I tell you, I mean, I was actually going to come to this about cinema, but while I think of it, we always, I actually... Um, we have a uh, Cineworld Unlimited card. So we pay, I think it's about £17 a month now. Um, and we can get go to the cinema as much as you want. You get to see all the films completely for free. You should be paying like a subscription. Mm-hmm. So as long as you go at least twice a month, it pays for itself. Um, and then because we've been going so long, we get 3D films for free and 25% off the food and drink, which makes it almost normal prices. <laughs> um, and usually we, we've timed it and... If a film is going to start at 5, it'll start at 5.17. It's pretty much 17 minutes from the start time. With IMAX, it used to be about 45 minutes, and I would get very angry and quite loud because they would show, like, 15 minutes of a film. Like, a random middle part of a film, they'd just show 15 minutes of like, oh, here's a preview of Captain America. Here's 15 minutes of it from about half an hour in. So you've got no idea who any of the people are, what the hell's going on, and it ruins it when you do go and see the bloody film. Yeah. And Why do they do that? Because that doesn't make any sense. Trying to show off how cool it's... IMAX is, so you might want to go and watch it. In well, you, IMAX you obviously again. you're going to see how cool it is for two hours <laughs> when you watch the film that you paid to go and see. Exactly. So the film started like 45 minutes later. So when we went to go and see Spectre, I was like, ah, it starts at five. This episode like, of the we'll video UK podcast is sponsored by sure Video Game. Take to get there. So like we'll to get there, there, but we'll probably have to sit for 45 minutes. I'm going to be really, really pissed off if they show the Star Wars trailer because I don't want to see it. Um, and then we got there at five past five and the film had started. It started dead on five. It's like, what? <laughs> to piss off a load of people trying to squeeze through the aisle. Oh, it's terrible. But uh, website, do you guys go to the cinema? Like and if so, how John, you yes. go first. Uh, I guess we probably go about once a month. I mean, it, it, it isn't actually once a month. We might go three or four times in a, a period and then not go for a couple of months. You know, like I, I roughly probably 12 times a year, once a month there. The cinema experience is still quite fun. It's nice to go out and see a film somewhere. And we usually get and grab some food or something beforehand, like get some dinner or something or have a drink before or afterwards. So a bit more of an experience, you know. There's nothing quite like sitting in a room with 500 other people coughing and talking over the thing you want to watch. <laughs> Precisely. It's wonderful. <laughs> but uh, but there, was, there was a cinema in Bristol, um, and it was pretty awesome because they had the director's experience. And when you went to the cinema, you could they had like a little lounge you could sit in before you got 
into the film, but you could buy like a proper glass of beer. Pulp Fiction moment here. I'm talking a real pint of beer, you know, like a glass of mm. beer and take it in. And then each chair had like a little swivel table so you could put your beer on it and you could get them to bring in pizza or nachos or food at any point during the, the film. So you could be like, in about half an hour, I'd like a pizza, please. And then uh, it'll just rock up halfway through the film. That's uh, awesome. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it was a lot for a ticket, but it wasn't stupid. It was something like £16 for the ticket. And that was when we went into 3D. Um, you didn't get any beer with that, but you did get some popcorn fancily present, you know, presented in a fancy fashion and a glass of Coke. So if you didn't want beer, that was all you paid. But obviously you want beer if you're going for that experience. Oh, yeah. But yeah so, I couldn't I mean, believe it. it when cool. I went to see Spectre, people were leaving the cinema constantly, just getting up, going out, coming back with a beer, sitting in. I'm like, you're missing the film. <laughs> Admittedly, it's terrible, but even so. <laughs> Chris, do you go to the cinema? Um, not so much anymore, um, primarily because of the boy. Um, I mean, when he came along, going to the cinema was completely out. Um, and also, now it's kind of difficult because you have to get a babysitter if we're going to go. For a while, I used to go, I was going sort of maybe once a month with my next door neighbour, which was quite good. He also had kids. Um, and then... And then we moved house, so I haven't done that anymore. I, to be honest, I occasionally go by myself if there's a film that I really want to see. Um, like, I'll probably end up having to do that for Star Wars at Christmas, which is like a really tragic story. Um, or but I, an epic story. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, went to see, um, I went to see Star Trek Into Darkness by myself. And um, like a Star Trek film is the worst kind of film to be going to the cinema by yourself to see because you just, it like fits in with all of the stereotypes. <laughs> Um, but the the main problem I have is that actually like what John just described um is is an incredible bargain. Um I went to see it was it was probably like two years ago now, but um Sophie and Alistair were away and I was at work and I was that was when I was still teaching and I was just chatting to like my class um about the new Godzilla film which had just come out, right? And I just randomly thought I might just go and see that film tonight because why not? Because I'm, I, you know, I got nothing to do. I'm on my own, um, and I went to see it. And I thought, well, fair. If I'm just, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. So I went to the View, which is like the most expensive cinema that exists. <laughs> and so I got like the VIP seat, and I went in 3D, and I got popcorn and I got a drink, and it was it was cost like 25 pounds just for myself, <laughs> and I just felt in like utterly utterly ripped off by the whole experience it was a real shame i think the cinema is too expensive it ruins the experience because it costs so much if we were both going to go to the cinema you've basically paid what you would pay for the blu-ray yeah, yeah. And then when, especially, a lot more really yeah especially when you have to pay for the babysitter as well yes there is that, that isn't it? so so no, no cinema is kind of a soured experience for me um, f- from that perspective. But I mean, you know, I love it. I love going to the cinema, and and so I will still do it for a film that I really want. So I'll be, you know, I'll go and see Force Awakens, and then that'll probably be my film for the next six months. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's a good film. But it's different when you have got kids, though. I suppose you know it does. You're going to get a different answer from me for stuff like this anyway, because lifestyle, I guess. And that's the only reason we have you here. Yeah, thanks. 
Yeah. Don't compare it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to audio. What, what about you in the cinema? Is it, do you have anything to add like on top of your, your Spectre experience? No, I mean, I, we go to cinema a lot just because we've got these passes, so we, we go a lot of the time. We usually just go out for dinner or something and then go to cinema afterwards or before. Um, and we've seen all kinds of stuff um, because as we're not paying for it as set where we are, but it doesn't feel yeah. like you are. You just roll uh, in and see whatever's showing, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Um, sometimes, like, it's crazy busy sometimes, and you can book it all online now. Previously, you couldn't. So we turned up when Frozen came out. We're like, yeah, we're going to see Frozen. And they're like, yeah, you won't see it for three days. We're fully booked. We're like, what? <laughs> the hell? Um, whereas other times, there's plenty of stuff to see. But we tend to go to the IMAX more now. So we're going to the IMAX to see uh, Force Awakens, obviously. Um, nice. And apart from that, I mean, it just depends what's on at the weekend. We'll usually go see what there is and then go if we fancy it. Uh, I think the most awkward one we ever went to is a film called Hope Springs, which had Tommy Lee Jones and either Meryl Streep or Helen Mirren. The two confused me. They both look the same. Um, and we got there, and it must have been like Senior Citizens Day because the place was packed, and it was just full of old people. And then we hadn't realised that the film at one point was about these two old people having sex therapy, which led to one of the most awkward cinema trips of my life, especially when they start having sex in a cinema in the film and you could see all the old people getting a little bit too excited about it. <laughs> That's very, very uncomfortable. Uh, at least you didn't go and see it, like, with your parents or something. No, that's the worst. But then the uh, last film I went to see with my parents was The Lone Ranger at the IMAX, which I maintain is one of the best films ever made. And there was no one what? there. We were the only four people in the IMAX huh. going to see it like two days after it came out. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty weird. I mean, there's been times where I've been in America and we've gone to the IMAX and there's yeah. so many like theatres around and it was like a few weeks after it came out and there were three of us. I think this is like the new Star Trek film when it came out. That was a pretty cool experience. But two days after release, that isn't a good sign, is it? No. no. Shame. It was a good film. Anyway, let's move on to music. Um, now, we all met through music in a way because we did a radio show at X university mm. so i'm sure you have lots of views on this how do you consume music nowadays and how much do you listen to uh, i myself i i listen to music all the time like when i'm working i'll always have music on in the background um and i've just moved uh, this last week everything from spotify to apple music because i've gone all in with apple music we've got a family plan everything's in there so in addition to sort of like the 8,000 songs I already own uh, I've now added another one and a half thousand just from streaming that I've copied over from Spotify um, I don't think I own any CDs apart from occasionally I can't get a song on a streaming service and iTunes doesn't have it and if you buy the CD from Amazon quite often they'll give you the MP3s for yes. free with it yes. so I bought an Orson CD and they gave me the MP3s. Uh, funnily enough, if you bought the MP3 album, it was £8. If you bought the physical album, it was £1.50, and you got the MP3 album with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the package turned up, and I literally put the package in the bin without opening it. It's just like, I don't need this. Uh, and then the other day, I did buy an album of a Broadway show, 
uh, just because that wasn't on any of the streaming services. And then I had the interesting dilemma of how to rip it because I don't have any CD drives. Right, yeah. So I got an old MacBook out that we had hanging around and tried to use their, uh, they have this feature called remote disk where on like my iMac that has no CD drive, you can use the CD drive over Wi-Fi off the MacBook. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for audio discs or DVDs because they're copyright protected. So <laughs> the feature is blocked. Know. It's like, what? Who? who is... <laughs> Sharing, pirating audio CDs via bloody Wi-Fi sharing. <laughs> Who is doing this? I imagine like there was at one point, you know, Apple had some agreement with someone somewhere that they couldn't do it, and Ugh, it so was like ten years ago, but it lasts for fifty years or something. So now they're just like, eh, can't so stream. I ended up ripping it on the MacBook, and then the MacBook was so old there was no AirDrop, so then I had to get a USB stick and put it on, and the whole process took like an hour. It's horrible, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I. I'm solely the only music I listen to is now in Apple Music, and that's all I listen to mm. is there. So I'm I'm all in on streaming. I mean, I do have some physical files as well, but they're all munged together in one library, which a lot of people don't like. But I personally love just having everything in one place. Chris, I use iTunes Match actually that's that's how i do most of my music consumption because i don't tend to buy a lot of new music i never have so when spotify came along um i like the concept of it but i what was it was spotify 10 pounds a month yeah so for for me because i would normally buy maybe four albums a year that cost isn't justified at all um so i i switched uh, my music library over to iTunes Match about th- two and a half years ago, and that was only because I I was upgrading my iPhone and I was debating getting a 32 gig iPhone 5. And I was explaining to the lady in the sh- in the phone shop that I keep running out of space for my music, and she just said, "Why don't you use iTunes Match, which I'd never heard of?" And so, for people who aren't aware what that is, um, I've got my whole uh, music library on my main computer and then it basically just scans all of my music and and gives me access to it via iTunes streaming in the same way that Apple Music does but just limited to my albums I own um, and so for example um, when I go to work um, if I if I get a new computer at work I can install iTunes and log in and suddenly my entire music library is just there and I stream that way um, when Apple Music came out, I haven't actually signed up for my three-month trial yet. I'm saving that mm. for when I, I really think I'll use it because I I was more interested in Beats 1 and I actually lis- I listened to an awful lot of Beats 1 in the first month. I still listened to it a reasonable amount but not anywhere near as much. Um, That's pretty good. I, I've listened yeah, to I like it a lot. It and appeals to me, though, I good. think. It, it does appeal to the kind of music that I like to listen to. Um, so I kind of... I didn't see the point of signing up for the Apple Music trial when I was consuming music through Beats 1. Fresh I still want to try the Apple, Apple Music Apple trial because I, like you, I... listen to a lot of music when I'm at work. And at the moment, I'm kind of content to use my my own music library that I have you know, accessible through the cloud. But in as I start to listen to... You know, because I now I've I've only recently come over from teaching when obviously couldn't listen to music at work. So this is still a fairly new experience to me. But when I have got bored of all the stuff 
in my music library, I will probably, that's when I'll try out my Apple Music trial, I think. And I, I the other reason I haven't signed up to it is because I just know that I won't cancel it and I'll end up <laughs> subscribing. And I don't want to, but I know that I won't be able to not. So I'm just going to leave that one for now. <laughs> that's fair enough. John, what, what do you listen to? I mean, pretty much Spotify and it's uh, four to five hours a day. Probably, I mean, maybe four, I guess. But it would be more if, if I didn't do a lot of talking at work, you know, like uh, helping people with, you know, we, we help each other quite a lot. So spend a lot of time talking. But when I'm uh, in the zone coding away, always with Spotify on. Uh, but yeah, we've got a family a family package on Spotify too. So my wife and I have our separate accounts, but we pay you know, a slightly reduced rate. I think it's, I mean, we get a slightly better deal here in Sweden because it's £10 or 100 kroner, which is about £8 a month. So, and we pay, I think it's 150 which is probably about £12 for two accounts. So, um, And what's the main playlist you listen to on Spotify? Well, I have, uh, I have three actually. One of them is Ben Dodson's stunningly great hit collection. Uh, weird, but it's, good. It's a good playlist. <laughs> I don't know about this. this Can is, you share it for the listeners? I, I, will, I will put it in the show notes. It is a uh, 800 track Ben Dodson's definitive hits. Uh, it features everything from Bewitched's Sailor V <laughs> to Coming to America by Ludacris. It has everything you want in we one got, solid any playlist. Dolly Parton. Yep, nine to five. <laughs> yeah, nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, call me out. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friends, my friends also got a playlist which he's maintained for years when we used to work together, and that's got like fifteen hundred songs on, and they're all a bit more, a bit more contained. And then there's a, a metal playlist that we share at work, so uh, I can get my rock hit in when I really want to just blash out and sort of all the noise and just sit there, get the code done. So. But yeah, I mean, Spotify just does it for me. I mean, yeah, there's a few songs missing, which is a bit of a pain, but I can't bother with buying and downloading files. I just want to you know, pay someone every month to, to sort me out, really. So, uh... I just want to go back to what you were saying about the the cost advantage you get on Spotify, actually, because another reason I didn't sign up to Apple Music is the total BS with the conversion between dollars and pounds because when they announced it i was i was seriously up for it and when they said that it would cost ten dollars a month i was instantly thinking i actually wouldn't mind spending seven pounds a month on a music (laughs) streaming service and that is roughly what the exchange rate is but as with all digital things coming from america to the uk we've just been totally shortchanged and it's ten pounds um, which is like what, fourteen, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen dollars. So, I just, I, I don't a, think ten pounds is that. worth it. I think, I think seven pounds would be worth it. Ten mm-hmm. isn't, from my perspective. A part of that is VAT. Yes. Because the ten dollars doesn't include sales tax. Yeah. Because that gets added afterwards in America. Whereas, if you convert it to seven pounds and then add VAT, then that puts it up to what? I suppose eight almost 40. eight pounds, eight pound forty. Yeah. Which is closer. So eight pound forty nine would be. I'd still pay that. Yeah, I, I still think that's more justifiable than ten pounds. But so. you won't pay an extra pound fifty. No, no, I won't. I will not. Because what can I buy with one pound fifty? Like half pint. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> when, can when in the you UK, ever... can't you? You can get like a, a a shot of alcohol here in Sweden. Not the good stuff either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do either of you have 
any physical audio media anymore. Uh, we got a few CDs. We we um, when we moved house, we took most of our CDs. Um, I put the whole CD collection into my iTunes because of iTunes Match, um, and we kept maybe a dozen of the really good ones. Um, I also actually have I've burned I've got burned CDs in the car um, because um, Apple still have not fixed the Bluetooth in iOS nine on the iPhone five, so I can't I can't connect my phone to my car. Nice. <laughs> mm. See, I've got CarPlay because I'm Flash, so uh, it's it's wonderful. Car- we should just do a show on CarPlay. We should just be me talking because neither of you have it. But it's <laughs> God, CarPlay. Is great. So- maybe I can't maybe wait to come for your car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, maybe the three of us we should we just should sit in Ben's car and record a whole episode in it on CarPlay. It's like, it's like, Siri, record this show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite good. We should do that road trip. <laughs> the divide road trip that's not a bad idea we should put that in the uh, in the to-do list <laughs> dungeon keeper and road trip yeah <laughs> well we could uh, maybe we could go to uh, different locations around the country and um we'll do like an old school land party we'll play some dungeon keeper in the middle of a shopping center and then we'll record a show and uh, <laughs> then we'll and then we'll use your car play in the car park <laughs> that works for me <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, magazines and comics. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that, Chris, you're going to have a lot of comic stuff here because you've had digital comics for as long as I've known you, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's when you were looking at them on a Windows PC. <laughs> so magazines in general. First of all, do you read any magazines? Obviously, you read a lot of comics. But do you read any magazines? And if so, are they physical, digital? How do you do that? Um, I don't read an awful lot of magazines. I read um, a net magazine uh, occasionally, and I, I, I prefer the physical version. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, uh, because they have a very good app. Um, so I, I just don't... I quite like the, since the, the magazine reading experience with a real magazine. I used to read Runner's World every month, and the reason why I didn't do that digitally is because a their app was utter shite. Um, it was just it was just a scanned PDF, yep. and it cost fifty p less than a physical magazine, which I just I'm not paying you know basically four pounds for a scanned PDF of a magazine. Um, the net one I think is maybe two ninety nine, which is I think half price. And it's a really good app, and I think you know they've got streaming video and stuff. But I like reading magazines um, in hand. Uh, but comics, yeah, I, I've I've got quite a lot of digital comics. I um, I have an account with Comicsology, and I I do like to read. I I got really into digital comics actually. Uh, now I think four years ago when DC did their New Fifty Two relaunch, I just got st- properly stuck in, um, and I just started reading loads and loads of DC comics um, like uh, Justice League Dark and The Flash and things like that. And I really, really love the comics reading experience on my iPad. And I think the main reason why it works so well is because Comixology and, you know, I know some other apps, they have this guided view where actually you get an HD rendering of individual panels 
and all you do is you tap the screen and and it it flows through the comic panel by panel mm, which yeah. is a really really great experience they've done a really good job you don't get that with um with magazine apps because there's no need to but then also i think that with comics even a scanned pdf works well just because comics yes. are traditionally broken up into panels yes the problem with magazines is that they're actually fine as pdfs until you get to like a masthead that's spread across two pages yeah yeah and then it falls apart because then you it, it obviously doesn't look right because you don't have the two pages next to each other unless you're zoomed so far out that you can't read the text i mean probably i've not tried it but on the ipad pro that would probably be all right because having two panels next to each other would be about right mm. so it probably wouldn't look as bad but mm. with the comics that that flow thing that they're doing uh, a lot of the comic apps now is is really really nice really clever stuff yeah, it, it makes it such an enjoyable experience, actually. It really does. And what about books? Do you, A, read books? And if so, are they physical or <laughs> e-books? Well, I don't know, but people don't read books. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm no, asking you're someone right. who's a graduate of maths who's got glasses, yeah. so I'm assuming you do yes. books. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got a Kindle, actually. I love my Kindle so much. Um, it's brilliant. Um, I also like physical books. Um, I, I tend to read physical books when it's something that I am going to want to keep on my bookshelf after I've finished it and, um, technical computing books because they really do not work in Kindle format because the code (laughs) snippets do not work on a Kindle. Um, but I will use my Kindle for everything else and quite often i'm when i'm reading a book a physical book i really wish i was actually reading it on my kindle so yeah i I like i like my kindle an awful lot Um, but i i will never not buy books i'll i'm i'm always on the fence Um, what about you guys are you are you like-minded in that yeah so i guess i uh i do most of my reading digitally now i think um even though i'd rather not i think i mean I guess part of that is some circumstance because uh, two or three years ago we moved to Canada, spent a year there, went back to the UK for a year. Now we're in Sweden and uh, carting books around is a lot of work and it doesn't feel very cost effective because, yeah. you know, you have a massive box of books. It costs a bomb to ship anywhere because it weighs loads, but they're all really old and you're not sure if you're going to read them again. Um, and that's what a nice book collection is. It's a you know big pile of yeah. old books, but you sort of think, oh, I'm probably only going to read like a third of them again. And I'm paying loads to ship them around. And they're not worth anything. Like old books, you can probably buy on Amazon for a fiver if you want most of them. So you start thinking, eh, maybe I don't need them anymore. So uh, I guess I kind of made the move di- digital for the those reasons, not really necessarily through choice. Uh, in terms of magazines, there's an app called Zinio, which is pretty cool. Um, and it just has a, you know, a few hundred different magazine subscriptions you can you can buy and I, I tend to buy individual episodes for use on a flight and yeah it does suffer a little bit from like you were saying Ben with like a masthead effect sometimes but I don't think it's really a problem I mean in terms of when you just want to read it it's fine I think the I think the iPad Pro is going to be much better for reading magazines because it's kind of more the right size um, less panning around the page even with the iPad Air, sometimes you're like, ah, there's a bit of panning required because it's a full page of text and I don't want to 
or you have to zoom in and not see the full page. You know, you sort of just look, looking at the text. But it'd be nice to just have an iPad Pro where you're like, yes, this is the page as it's supposed to be on my screen. Yeah. Um, well, with um, for me, I I don't tend to read comics much anymore. I, and if I do, I get physical ones generally, just because I buy so few of them. Um, magazines I always buy the physical versions because I've never liked them on the iPad and the main reason is that I do most of my magazine reading in the bath and so <laughs> the iPad I certainly don't want to have my iPad Pro in the bath <laughs> um, but I have a subscription to Private Eye and I have a subscription to Xbox Magazine um, and occasionally I'll buy Edge just if I'm out and about pick up a magazine uh, and I really like having it mainly because I can, if I want to, read them in the bath uh, or anywhere else, just take them with me. Um, good for flights and stuff as well, whereas I, I've never really got on with the iPad for that. The only time that I prefer reading on the iPad is the newspaper. Um, I used to have a subscription to The Times, um, and I could just read that on the iPad because they had a great app. It's really nicely done where it looks very similar to the printed newspaper that they have. The front page will practically be the same, but there's interactive elements in there as well. So you can tap on a news story on the front page and it'll take you to the right part of the paper, like scan you mm. through the pages. Mm, um, and like the crossword, uh, you can actually like type into it and stuff, and the Sudoku is interactive. And stuff like that is fairly basic, but it's all I need for a newspaper and they have like video embedded in some of the stories sometimes but it's still the actual physical proper newspaper but it gets delivered to my iPad overnight via the newsstand service so I'll get a push notification in the morning to say oh the paper's been updated here it is uh, and I, I really like that it's really great service uh, but I don't tend to read the newspaper much anymore I tend to own <laughs> it during election season because uh, mm. so I, mm. I don't care about most news I only care about politics so <laughs> I skip most of the rest of it um, and then uh, in terms of books uh, I again prefer physical books because I tend to read them in the bath that's yeah. purely the only reason uh, I did have a long period of time going through digital books on iBooks um, and you know they're fine they're good enough but sometimes you do just want to have a uh, a proper physical book um, and I have some of the space constraints. I've had to remove a few books just to save space. But generally, if I'm buying a series of books, I'll, I'll buy the physical ones. Mm. They're a good, easy thing to put on like a Christmas list. Yeah, I've got lots of books on that. Um, and then computer books, I don't tend to buy so many now. I, I tend to find a lot of the computer books I get do come as e-books uh, for... Um, Sorry, iBooks for iBooks. Mm. So then they tend to have a lot of the code samples and stuff in there that work. I've never got on with the Kindle. I did have one once, but the way that the page transitions and it does the whole ink flash, which I understand yeah. technically why it needs to do that, always really irritated me. So every time I change the page, I'd be like, oh, I hate this thing so much. <laughs> and I can never yeah. ask that. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because um, like obviously nobody listening to this is going to be under any confusion as to the fact that we are like Apple all in, like all of us. But <laughs> but that is the one thing, one of the few things that I prefer a third-party piece of tech. I never really got on with 
using my iPad for reading books. I I like my Kindle. It feels like custom made for it, which it is totes. Um, but actually, thinking about it, um, I've got an iPad three, which is not very comfortable to hold one handed, and not overly comfortable to hold two handed, sort of over your face as you're reading in bed or something. Mm. Um, if I had an iPad, probably if I had. The ideal one would probably be the iPad Mini Four, which is yeah, which is a small iPad Air. I I should imagine that that would probably sway me, I guess. But again, I'd probably use the Kindle app. I quite I like getting it from Amazon. Um, I like to spend a few of my pounds not <laughs> not on Apple stuff, <laughs> uh, just a few of them. Well, I think uh, there's a couple other things about Kindle as well, like um, when you spend you know nine hours a day staring at backlit screen working on it and then i come home and spend two or three more hours staring at a backlit screen gaming on it yeah yeah when you want to go to sleep sometimes it's nice to look at something different and a kindle does that because it's uh yeah i got the paper white so it's uh possible yeah. to read it lit up at night but it's not backlit so there's definitely a different feel about that and it's nice it's just a yeah. bit softer on the eye and it encourages you to go to sleep a bit better i think yes um, i'd agree with staring that definitely it's something that's bright in your face and so the thing that uh, kind of frustrates me and it comes back to a bit of that tech book thing again i guess and i think again the ipad pro i think will be perfect for reading tech books because it will just fit pages on there but um i think there's something missing about reading a book still digitally and it's like obviously there's a few things like the, the tactile sensation but i i um i've always wanted to design an app but i haven't quite thought how it's going to solve the problem yet uh, and i guess if it had been solved easily someone probably would have done it but the kind of flipping through pages experience is what's yeah. missing. And yeah. especially if you're like using your iPad to have your, I mean, if you're doing tabletop RPGs that is like Dungeons and Dragons or something in a real game, I'll have a couple of little sticky notes on pages. I'm not sticky because I'm anal about damaging my book, but you know, a little bit of paper stuck in the right pages. So that when they go, ha ha, I'm going to turn this corner. I'm like, there now they're going to fight a dragon let me just go to that page <laughs> yeah right? and yes you can set up bookmarks and they're digital but you it's still not you know it's not that easy it's not you've got the book in your hands ah oh, there it is or sometimes you're like oh i know that there's this you know i need to find out about poisons it's roughly yeah. here in the book and you kind of flip a little bit and go ah that's not it that's not it there we go it's there and then you open it and you're there um you can't do that you just have to hit search and then you wait sometimes and then god the amount of time because obviously PDFs from RPG companies are very arty and pretty, yeah. um, but that makes you know they're like a hundred megs, and you hit search, <laughs> and then you just wait a minute and a half for it to find it. You're like, Ugh. and there's nothing worse than waiting. I mean, even if it takes you a minute and a half and you're doing it manually, you feel like at least it's my fault it's taking a minute and a half. But when your iPad's grinding for a minute, you're like, I'm just sitting here like an idiot while my iPad mm. fails to find it, and it might not work because it might be the phrase might not be right that I'm looking for or something, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, I think if yeah. if we could get over that, that would be really cool. Um, that, that's another reason why I, I struggle to use my uh, or digital products, uh, digital readers. Sorry, when I'm when I'm using a like a a technical manual or like a programming book, because mm. actually if I'm if I'm like trying to do something in Java or, or CSS or something, and I just and I know that well. Obviously, you've got Google, but if I know that there is something, I've seen something in this book, it's really easy to flick through the whole book and find it. But it is 
almost completely impossible to do that via Kindle. It just does not work. Yeah. No. It's slightly better on iPad. But, I mean, even if you've got one book and there's just two sections you're looking at, maybe you're looking at um, implementing some funky UI in JavaScript, but you're also, you've forgotten how arrays work. And in a real book, you'd have one thumb on the array page, one thumb on the other one, and you flip yeah. back and forth and yes. figure it out. That's really hard on digital. Yes, absolutely. It's next to impossible. So the, uh, the vibe I'm getting from this whole discussion is that we should just stop consuming media and everything would be much easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless it's election season. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess one last thing I haven't, I haven't brought up yet, and that's just the comic, comic section. And um, I guess, again, it's part of my slightly, I'm going to say lazy, uh, being, a, I think, developers inherently lazy because we've put massive amounts of effort in to do no effort for something. Uh, and then once we've solved it, we put a massive amount of effort in to do to try and not stop doing something else. But, um, but the Marvel Unlimited app is really cool. And I, I guess it's a bit like Netflix for me. I on and off subscribe to Marvel Unlimited when I feel like I'm going to get my money's worth. So like with Netflix, I'll be subscribed to it for four, four months of the year. And then I'll feel like, ah, oh, I can't stop using it now. Or I've run out of stuff to do. And Marvel Unlimited is kind of similar. It's like, ah, I'll subscribe to that. There's a big backlog of comics. I'll read a bunch of them. When I kind of start reading them, I'll unsubscribe and then come back to it in a few months' time. Um, but it's really cool that you can just you know, pay a fixed fee per month and just download. I don't know how many comics there are, but it's probably like 6,000. Everything. No, I think it's like 10,000, I think, Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> it's insane. Basically everything that hasn't come out in the last like nine months or so, I guess. Um, so that there's an incentive for you to keep buying the new ones. But yeah. I don't really care how, how old the comics are that I'm reading. So <laughs> um, It's kind of funny how we've started moving towards these subscription models for everything Yeah, in a bid to get away from the old subscription models. So <laughs> you used to like, I suppose in the UK we don't so much because we get TV for free. But if you wanted anything good like Sky or whatever, you pay a ridiculous amount of money. And I paid... I was paying something like £42 a month just to get basic Sky in HD because there's no point having it in non-HD. No. Um, and I phoned up in Counter-Stuck because we realised that we were only watching Freeview channels <laughs> from, yeah. apart from one. <laughs> uh, so we ended up switching to BT Vision where we got a Freeview box with like all the play, pause and record and that. Um, and then we paid like an extra £5 to get like certain smaller channels that we watched. But it's crazy that people... In America, there's like this whole discussion, if you listen to other tech podcasts that tend to be more US-focused, where they will talk about the unbundling and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I've got the HBO app and then I've got an ABC app and then I've got this one so that I don't have to pay the cable company one big lump sum. <laughs> but instead, I'm paying all these smaller companies probably more than I was paying if I just went with a cable subscription. Um, but we don't get that so much here just because everything is... We don't really have that choice, I guess. I mean, there are things like Now TV. I don't really know how that works or what they've got. And that's kind of one of the big problems that we didn't really talk about and probably should have uh, of video in particular is it's very, very, very difficult to find what service something is running on and that you want to watch a TV show but you don't know where it is, Yes. what subscription mm. And then things change. So you want to watch Game of Thrones, it's like, okay, you need a Sky subscription for that. And it's like, well, I'm not going to pay £42 a month for that. Uh, or Netflix will have certain things, but then they'll disappear. And it's, the whole thing is a mess with video. 
Whereas with audio, I feel like that problem's been solved. Like Apple Music and Spotify pretty much have everything that you want, or you can buy stuff. And if you want to buy something, you can get it on iTunes or Amazon. And it's very, very rare that something isn't on those services. Whereas with video, it's very common to sort of go, okay, I want to buy this. Oh, there's nowhere to buy it. It's like, nope, you can't get it in this country. Or you can, but you can only get it on physical media. I'll be really thankful when you can just buy MP4s like you can MP3s, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's so expensive as well. Like on iTunes, when you buy stuff, sometimes it's crazy expensive. It's insanely priced. It's like it's like the iTunes pricing is being done by the people who run HMV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably is. They're not doing anything. Else. Yeah, um, it is. And we had this discussion on Twitter, Ben. And I know you kind of called <laughs> yeah. me out on it, but I, I, I'm sure that on some level you agree with me. And that's when I wanted to buy the Flash, and it was. Twenty nine ninety nine in HMV, which is just the most expensive place to buy DVDs, <laughs> and it was thirty four ninety nine on iTunes. So you're actually you're spending five pounds more for the privilege of not having a physical copy. That and it it was just ridiculous. I mean, I went, I bought it on iTunes in the end because I really wanted it on iTunes, and I couldn't be bothered to wait six months for them to maybe put the price down. But it, the, the pricing is awful. Was the DVD, was it a DVD or a Blu-ray? Blu-ray. Oh, okay. So it wasn't £5 because it was HD. It's just, just convenience. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> it's the and same with e-books. Like, quite often, it's cheaper to buy a physical book than it is to buy a digital book. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just stupid. And a large part stupid. of me, I always used to be like, it's crazy, it should not cost that much. And then the other part of me now thinks, I can't be bothered to, like... I. If I get a DVD or a Blu-ray, I can't be bothered to get up and put the disc in. Mm-hmm. And I can't be bothered to have to skip through all those commercials at the beginning. I'd rather pay the extra and just have it on the Apple TV. I press play and it starts. Yeah. So then I kind of look at it more of a convenience charge now. But I agree it is stupid. I think there's... Um, Video pricing is crazy. I think there's a few things at play there, though. I mean, I think probably one of the biggest factors is that uh, you know, you digitally you only typically have one or two retailers so you know like if you're an itunes user and you're buying digital video it's from itunes so there's no competition there's no retailer who is then i mean if you look at the the price of the dvd compared to the rrp like the recommended price the retailer sells at compared to the itunes price it's probably the same but it's exceptionally rare nowadays for people to sell it at rrp because everyone i mean you know like no one wants to pay rrp in yeah. a store, you go in a store, if it says £30 RRP, you're like, huh, I'm not paying that. But if it's £25, you're like, yeah, cool, it's cheaper than RRP. Yeah. Um, so I guess it probably is £30 in the iTunes store and the same on RRP. But but if the recommended retail price from the person making the video is 30 quid, but they're selling it online for 20 as a retailer, you're going to feel screwed, right? You're yeah. like, so you've convinced me to buy a thousand copies of your your film or a hundred thousand copies at fifteen pounds each on the premise that I sell it for thirty, and now you're undercutting me by most of my profit margin online. Uh, and then if the, but then equally then, okay, so we put the RRP down to twenty pounds, but then the retailer expects to buy it at ten because they want to make fifty percent markup or whatever. Um, so I, I guess it's a. Uh, yeah. Dr. How do they 
how do they change it, you know? Dr. Wordsworth going to economics in one <laughs> yeah. handy, handy comment. Oh, I'd buy that on ebook. <laughs> well, it's only on audio, so I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up. Have you got any final closing comments on this topic before we go, yeah. Chris? I have, yeah. I've just noticed that um, Ant-Man is available in the iTunes store. Tote's going to buy that. <laughs> Splendid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we did a pretty good summary there of uh, all the cool media shit that we listen to and watch. So, yeah. yeah. Although, ironically, we didn't talk about a single thing that we actually, we just talked about the medium, not what we actually read or watch. That is true. <laughs> and, uh, Ant-Man and the Flash. And, and I guess uh, it's kind of interesting. Just one, one final thing. We didn't think to put games in here either, which is kind of ironic because that is a digital media that we all consume probably more than anything else. Um, I guess you don't necessarily consume it because you're interacting with it. But uh... I suppose the only thing there, on my side at least, is whether I buy a game digitally or physically. Um, and this is something I've had issue with, and really I should have brought this up because this comes to pricing, Chris, uh, that, that you'll hate, um, <laughs> is that if I want to buy the digital version of, uh, let's say, a brilliant game like Watch Dogs, uh, it'll cost £60 uh, to buy it direct from Xbox and get it immediately. Or you can buy it on Amazon for like 40 quid, yeah. even at launch. And I've been bitten by that bug such as with Watch Dogs, where I decided, well, I want to play it at midnight, so at midnight I can pay £60 and download it and start playing it by half past 12, 1 o'clock. Or I can order it and then have to wait in for it to be delivered the next day. Might miss the delivery. Amazon might not deliver it on the right day because they rarely do. Um, so at that point it's like, do I want to pay £20 more to play this slightly earlier? But then you get to the hideous dilemma of what happens when the game turns out to be utter rubbish, as in the case of Watch Dogs. Yeah. You now can't sell it. Yeah. Uh, so ever since Watch Dogs, I've been buying a lot more on physical disc, <laughs> unless it's something like... Um, if it's an online game like Titanfall or something where I know I'm going to be playing it regularly, I'll buy it digitally just because I can't be bothered to go and put the disc in each time because I hate <laughs> physical media. But if it's something like I, I played Far Cry 4 recently, I bought that on Amazon. It's about 30, 20 quid, something like that, because it was on offer. Played it and then sold it to Music Magpie for like 10 quid. And that's perfect. That works well. Mm -hmm. So that's the, uh, the only one that I've sort of shifted. I'm, I'm going back to the disc-based stuff that I can't stand. Just and I, I actually, I do virtually all of my console gaming via... CEX, you know, I I will buy the games secondhand. The only games that I bought new are GTA Five, which my son has lost the disc for. Um, <laughs> and and, to, if I and um, actually, there, there is a theme here. The only games I bought new: GTA Five, which Alistair's lost the disc for, and um, Injustice: Gods Among Us, which Alistair uh, <laughs> destroyed the disc for. And had to buy it again. Um, and like everything else, I've bought secondhand um, because if you just wait six months, I know you were talking about not being wanting to wait an extra day. <laughs> six hours is too much. I, for I, to be honest, I will I will wait six months and wait for it to be less than half price 
But the irony it's there... Just, the games are so expensive. The irony there is that GTA V, I tried to pick it up second-hand a couple months ago for John because I wanted to play the online version of it. Yeah. So I looked around and I thought, if I go to CEX, I'd be able to get it for like you know, 15, 20 quid or something. £45, second-hand. Really? They had about 30 <laughs> copies of it. It's insane. And it's like, okay, I'll get it on Amazon. That must be cheaper now. Amazon, still £45. Like, <laughs> what? How is GTA 5? This game is old now. It's been Everyone ex- owns a copy ages. of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's the thing, apart from the people who've traded it in. Yeah. Or people like me who are waiting for it to be cheap. Yeah. You're going to be waiting a long time. I think you are. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to The Divide. Uh, you can check us out on our website at thedivide.co.uk. Um, the next show will probably be in... Two weeks' time, hopefully. We're not sure what the topic's going to be yet, but it will be epic as always. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.